0: You're listening to Adoption, Fostering and Tea from the UK's LGBTQ plus adoption and fostering charity, New Family Social. Find us at newfamilysocial.org.uk. I'm Tor, and this week I'm going to be having a cup of tea with Kate and Charlotte and talking about adoption after you've had depression. Thank you so much for joining me, both of you.
1: Oh yeah, no problem at all. It's great to be here, great to be talking to you.
0: Yeah, it's really nice of you to do it. Thank you. So, can you tell me, take me back a little bit and sort of talk to me about how you arrived at adoption, how that decision making process went for both of you?
2: Yeah, so we, we always wanted children and being a same sex couple, it was obviously we had a choice of which direction we were going to go. And we'd always talked about adoption and um, we're both teachers and we like the idea of adopting children. So we started the process, <coughs> excuse me, um, started the process in 2000 and and um, 19 and yeah it took about a year to go through the process and we ended up with uh, two girls and uh, age one and two at the time in December 2020.
0: Gosh so they were very very little when they came to you.
1: Absolutely but it was um, but it was great and great to see them kind of <laughs> grow so quickly really in all kinds of respects.
0: Oh that's really really nice. Um, how was it though, going from no kids to two very young kids all in one step
2: it was completely life-changing, if I'm honest, in, in, in every way and, and in an amazing way. You know, you go from a very quiet, organised, clean house to chaos. But I think that sounds a bit scary when you talk about it like that. But actually, the joy that that brings, having a like a real family home when they come, that that felt like the biggest difference.
0: Yeah, I can I can understand that. But absolutely instant family of t- you know two kids and different ages as well. You know that gap of a year I guess is quite a tricky one to manage.
1: Absolutely. Um you not kind of, <laughs> you're, you're extremely
0: correct. It was like Charlotte said it was
1: absolutely life-changing and and hard to manage, but great to have two siblings who've been through such a a tricky time together to keep them together and you know they they grow so quickly and they're they're a couple of years older now and the difference is fantastic but just so good that they have remained together even though it was really hard it has been the best thing for them and also the best thing for us.
0: No I can I can absolutely see that you know there would be huge joy in that as well definitely. So if I can take you back a bit because I know that Charlotte one of the things that we talked about before we started recording was that you've had depression and So many people are put off even applying to adopt because of that or because they've had some sort of mental health issues in the past or ongoing but managed. And so I just wonder if you can sort of take me back to your thought processes in terms of that, like whether you thought it would be something that you could adopt having been through and then how it was received maybe within the process.
2: It was definitely the biggest hurdle. And when we started the process, that was... Uh, the thing we talked about most, we wondered whether that might stop us adopting, or whether the stigma attached to depression meant that people would judge us in a way that um, meant that we wouldn't be good enough parents. So we went through that thought process at the beginning, and uh, we decided to apply anyway, and it it was received really well. I think the first thing one of the social workers said to us was, "Look, it, you know, you'd, it's really hard to find someone that hasn't been through something." And the way that you should see it is actually a strength. Coming through that kind of uh, mental health problem gives you resilience and that's something that will really help you through the process and when you have children.
0: Yeah, I can see that. And so at what stage did you first bring it up with the agency? It was pretty early
2: on. So we uh, had an initial consultation and we went to uh, like a...
0: like an information session. Yes, that's it. So yeah. an
2: information sense, uh, a session. And um, we spoke to the social worker almost straight away and said, look, is this going to be a problem? Shall we, shall we continue and, and carry on with the process or is this something that's going to stop us? And her response was very much, no, absolutely not. It's welcome. You can come along, find out more. We'll talk to you a lot about it anyway. Um, but it's definitely not a uh, barrier to adoption.
0: Okay, so it sounds like the initial response was really positive, but you said it was kind of your biggest barrier. So tell me when it next came up within the process.
2: Well, after you've been to that initial those initial meetings, you have social workers over to your house, and you have a series of interviews. The interviews are arranged from your childhood, your adulthood, your relationships. But actually, a lot of my interviews were based on depression. It, we talked a lot about what caused it in the first place, how I dealt with it, what support I sought. And then, yeah, the social workers listened to that. And But it also comes up in,
1: you know, in your medical when they do a medical on you. And, you know, it's raised then as a something that's happened in your past. And, and any kind of significant medical issue you've had will will come up. And it's it's so important just to be transparent and from from the get go about your history and what has happened and it was, it's something that came up in, in in the medical history and it's, the take on it then was that it would be explored in, in the next stage through the interviews.
0: Right, yeah. And so I can see that, you know, on a medical record that would come up and then, yeah, they're going to come back and talk about it more. Can I ask you if at that point you considered that it was something that was in your past or do you feel... That it's something that's in your present and your future that's now managed, or how do you view your mental health?
2: So it was an it was an episode in time, and it's it's not returned. Um, I can never say it can't return or it won't return. And that was very much my message when I spoke to the social workers that you can't tell the future. You don't know. You you know your triggers, but um, until you go through other life experiences, you don't know how they're going to affect you. But um, the triggers that I manage or the way that I live my life now and um, the things that I put emphasis that, um, on things that are important in my life have changed my mental health and made it much better. Yeah, as I say, I, I can't say that it's not going to happen again, but certainly when you go through the process, you talk very much about how what you're going to do in, if it happens again and also uh, what your support network are. So who are you going to go to? Who who are you going to call? Where are you going to go? If it does happen again, and how are you going to support each other in, as part of that process?
0: Yeah, I can see that. And um, Kate, were you put under lots of scrutiny about how you would cope if that were to happen?
1: Absolutely. I think that they were very interested in the role I played when when the um, the period first happened and how it affected me, but also how I supported supported Charlotte and. Uh, they were very much about what 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 would be your plan if something like that was to happen again. And I was questioned on that and who I would rely on and who I'd reach out to. And it was things like, well, Charlotte could go and spend some time with family to help her, you know, to recover or deal with whatever was happening at that time. And then I would get other members of the family maybe to support me with their children. So yeah, it definitely comes up. It's not just a you know, it, the person that it's happened to, it kind of is the partner as well and their role and how it affected them and how they would support the the other going forward.
0: Yeah, I can understand that. Did the two of you ever feel that you were reduced down to that issue, though, as the main thing?
1: Absolutely not, I would say. the The process, our experience of the whole process, I think, was absolutely excellent. And it was so much about, that is something that's happened, what have you learned from it, who are you now and there were other things that had come up you know in in our lives, they were so interested that they wanted you know in the process they wanted things to
0: kind of have happened so that we had shown that we were resilient. I can see that they need evidence as well of how you cope when the chips are down and if you don't have any examples of that then it's really really hard for them to assess that but I'm glad that they verbalized that to you. Mm
1: -hmm. Absolutely yeah it was a a really important thing and i'm glad that we could just be open and honest about it
0: yeah i think that's really good that you were able to be and that you were really from so very early i guess one question that i've got is sometimes if we've got you know in quotes an issue and we're then allowed to go on and adopt if that issue raises its head again would you would you dare to kind of say this is what's going on for me or is there any sense that you would have to now not reveal that for fear that it's like oh well just as we always suspected this cropped up you know is would there be any sense of that?
2: No not really because through the process and actually going through depression itself I think you learn very quickly that the last thing you need to do is hold it in and keep it to yourself that actually that the biggest um the biggest the biggest recovery part of the recovery process is talking about it, getting out there seeking support um so that that if it was ever to come about again, I think that having gone through it once, the early warning signs would be there, and I wouldn't leave it too late, so you know if I ever felt that that was something that was starting to rear its ugly head again, that I could seek out support quite quickly and talk about it quite quickly, go to the doctor go on medication if necessary things like that so actually it, it's having had depression is almost uh, a benefit really because you know you know what it feels like you know you know you know the feelings that it brings about and you also know the support that you can get from it so Yeah, it sounds
0: like you'd have a blueprint for it if it were to happen again
2: that's right yeah
0: I can understand that so It's really interesting. I'm always pleased to hear when people have been quite open about something that perhaps we perceive might be a barrier and then it's all gone very well anyway. And I'm really glad that you were encouraged to draw out those strengths and things that that gave you. Can you say a little bit about, because you know, you are parenting now. Can you say a little bit about how you draw on those strengths that both of you developed, you know, not least because of that experience?
2: Yeah, and actually having been... Through something that's been really difficult, the biggest benefit is that it gives you empathy for the children. Not having been through anything, or having a smooth life, and then adopting children which have got quite deep-seated issues, or potentially might have deep-seated issues that you are going to have to deal with further along the line, including anxiety, depression, those types of those types of mental health um, problems. You know, you are equipped to deal with it in a way of th- through empathy. Uh, when the children are present in the way that they do sometimes, you can really sort of relate to them and think, yeah, actually, you know, I can I can really understand how that might feel. Whereas if you hadn't been through anything life-changing like a mental health issue, then it might not give you the same empathy skills.
0: Yeah, I can really see that. I can see that having had something quite difficult and quite distressing and all of that absolutely would give you some way of understanding children's experiences or at least as you say empathizing with them. So tell me a little bit about when your children first came to you and how that was and how the adjustment was for both of you who was at home and so on.
1: Yeah so I was at home I had a a year's adoption leave it was it, it was hard in the you know it was hard in the beginning it took time to for every for everybody to settle not 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 just the children but for everybody and to get into routine and you know for the children it's that they, they go from a place of being settled and loved and then taken somewhere else and that for them is incredibly hard to deal with so it took it took a long time to settle and i would say it was more than than the year i was on adoption leave it was you know it's, like i said it was so great to see how they've grown since they they Came and how our, their attachment to us has grown. You can just, you know, it's just an actual feeling. You can feel it and you can see it. So, yeah, it was really tricky, really hard and really tricky. I think that you initially go through a, you know, a couple of weeks of, of a honeymoon where um they're, they're excited because they've got new toys and, and a new bedroom. But when the realization that you know that the place that they you know, the, the foster placement was a happy place. It's quite hard for them to deal with. But then to see from there until now is just fantastic.
0: Yeah, it sounds like that um, you're seeing lots of changes in them in that time. Can you say a bit about that, like what those changes look like and, you know, how they're doing now?
2: And they're doing brilliantly now. And I think the biggest change that we've seen is personality. So particularly for our elder daughter, she has taken quite a long time to develop who she might have been. So um, she's actually really funny, like she's got great dance moves. And she she told me a joke that she had heard Mm. six months ago yesterday. and (laughs) And, you know, she's she's developing this amazing personality. And, you know, she was out on the trampoline earlier and said, Look at me, Mama. And then she just sort of did this bounce backward bounce and forward bounce and stood up again like a starfish. And um she you know, that those things develop and suddenly you sort of see sparks of them that they that that they're happy and they're developing. And from where they come from when they first move to you, that's that's a really difficult time. And although from the outside your family looks, you know, perfect, you've got your relationship and you've got your children but it's tricky. It's really hard. And, and we're adjusting to them as much as they're adjusting mm. to us. And that, that love, that love has to grow and it does take time. But, but from that point, you know, 18 months ago or so that the children came, is it, has been, it's been a huge journey and, and quite a quick journey.
0: Yeah, it sounds like it. And obviously they haven't been with you, you know, masses of time. Had either of you taught adopted children before? And how much understanding had you got professionally of adopted children from that perspective?
1: So, we both had experiences of teaching children that were adopted, and also, in our friendship circles had known, have, and still do know uh, some some families where there are children that were adopted. But the our journey, the best thing really was, you know, going on on the training. So when we when we first put in our request to to adopt there were training days and uh, those were absolutely excellent and also reading books and just go, going on this journey and listening to what our social worker was saying to us and although we were having you know I don't know what to call it really but interviews I'd say they were more like chats and getting to know us along with those she would fill us with knowledge as well and listening and talking to people I think really gave us such an insight into adoption and then when you actually do it you learn even more so you have to yeah. increase it
0: yeah I mean I certainly agree with that it's um it's an ongoing learning curve and I think that as time passes some things get so much easier and some things get more complex and I guess you roll with all of that but you know I'm sort of I guess nine years into it now am I yeah that's right yeah wow um and you know, there is there are some things that are so much easier than those early days, and some things that are more complex, and that we manage, you know, as we go. And I think it's nice to have a community around you for that sort of support. So it's good that you've got those people in your networks and so on.
2: Yeah, and we've actually going through the process. One of our closest friends is someone from our course, uh, and um, those those relationships you have with other adopted uh, other adopted families is absolutely fundamental you do need those people around you to um, empathize when things are tricky or to be able to go to for advice or um, you know even simple things like you're in the park and they do or say something that might be seem a little bit unusual to other families you've got your adoptive friends who can sort of look at you and give you a nod in sort in um, camaraderie or, or support which is which is nice.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. I think um, sometimes there are things that can be said or, or dealt with, yeah, in a way that doesn't seem familiar to families with birth children only. And so it can be quite difficult and it can be a little bit um, exposing to have that. But it is quite nice when you're amongst other adoptive families because they just sort of know why you're doing that. Um, we've got our summer camp and it's always really nice to be amongst other adoptive families and fostering families because they just get it.
1: Yeah, completely agree. And actually, it's the summer camp um, is something that we're actually going to attend. I completely agree that it's so important that the children are around other families that, you know, may have um, same sex parents like us. So their family reflects ours, but also other families where there are birth children or I, I just think the mix is so, so important for the girls.
0: Yeah, I think that's true. I think seeing families, seeing that diversity of families is really great. But also on one of the previous camps, we had a child who was really struggling. They, you know, had got a very complex background and was really, really struggling and managed to sort of display how much they were struggling kind of spectacularly and for quite an extended period, you know, in the way that kids can do. And it was it was awful because The child was so distressed and it was awful for the um, parents. But at the same time, nobody around them was judging. Everybody knew that our children are complex and they've got these difficulties. And it was it was as supportive as that sort of situation can ever be. And I just sort of imagined if you transported that somewhere else, the judgment around that child, you know, essentially melting down in the way that they did would have been just this added layer of awfulness and it was really um as nice as I mean it, it's never a nice situation of course it isn't but you know it was it was a good thing that um the parents were so supported in a really difficult moment and it's one of the things that makes it feel like a very safe place I think it's just that thing of you don't have to be thinking god what if we are the one that everybody's looking at what if we're the one that everybody's judging you know
1: You're absolutely right. I think it's really helped us being around other adopted families and just that understanding and that lack of judgment from others. It's it's great because you're so right. If they say something or do something, the other family completely understand why it's happening. Um, And on that note, I'd say that one of the most important things we've had to do is having to educate people to, to understand why our children may behave the way they do And why we say certain things and why we want them to say certain things and why we want them to behave in a certain way. Because our children have had a different, you know, um, early life to, to other children. So really, really important.
0: Yeah, absolutely. What do you find are the most common misconceptions that people have or expectations that they have that are incorrect?
2: I'd say um, when there's um, sort of like a, a behaviour explosion or something that perhaps um, parents look at to discipline in, in a certain way, that's definitely something that, that we have to tackle in a different way. And that might look a little bit, maybe sort of inverted covers soft, um, but actually it's the most appropriate way. And, you know, we know that as adopted parents and other adopted parents will understand that too, but like um Kate said the education that you need to give to people that 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 the way that we have to manage our children's emotions or behaviors is might might not be mainstream I guess
0: yeah I think one of the things that I get the sense of sometimes is that the mainstream world feels like we should come down harder on our children you know what they need is a good telling off what they need is some discipline those sorts of vibes and of course That can actually be the worst thing you can do with a child who has had any sort of broken attachment or any of those kinds of things. But I do sometimes get vibes of that.
2: Yeah, definitely. And you know, you might get a look when your child's done something, and the first thing you do is is hold their hand or pick them up or give them a kiss. And and I think that can be quite alien to other people, but you know, as an adoptive parent, that's 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 the best way to deal with it. And actually, our experience of just this year, really is you know dealing with the children's uh, emotions or behaviors in that way has made a huge and positive impact towards their attachments with us and ultimately with with our adopted children and with many adopted children attachment is one of the or the most significant thing that the children struggle with so it's so important to get it right as many times as you can and you know none of us are perfect of course but to get it right in the right way like like adoptive families know how to do sometimes i guess most of the time um, it's really important
0: absolutely and so tell me what day-to-day life looks like you know what are you what are your routines what kind of stuff do you do how accepted are you as a family
1: i think we've been um extremely accepted by all of our neighbors even by the local community when they see us our, our girls are very friendly and so that wave and say hi to people and we have people stopping us, giving us like things they've baked and all kinds of things. So, day to day life is is great. We're, we're in a really good routine. We both have to work, um, we both work in part time, which is great. So, there's a combination of us both being at home during the week and uh, parents helping, but also going to nursery because we both think that's really, really super important that they build up those social skills. Um, with other children of a familiar age and also their learning and things like going to nursery you have to really work on you have to make sure that they know you're coming back um so day say life is great we love spending time together doing family things going for for walks
2: so we really enjoy it I think spending time as a four. that's right and it's it's I think from from anybody from the outside and and us and from the inside really is there are family life's very normal and we you know we get up and we have breakfast and someone's inevitably going to spill a cup of water over and you know and then uh, toys are all over the playroom and we go to work and they go to nursery and we come back and have dinner and might have a play in the garden and and then we have our bath you know the children have their bath and and go to bed and life is I mean life is good and there's sort of you know that that big part of it and then there's that extra layer so things like you know, if a routine changes, we have like a picture map on the fridge and talk them through it so they understand what the changes are in the day, just to equip them with that, you know, if they feel anxious about any changes, which our children do. Um and so life life is very normal, but it has that kind of layer on, on top that not necessarily people see all the time. Um, as I say, like a map on the fridge or um you know, even having the shoes and the nursery bags in a particular place so that they know that they're there and that's where they put them back because they know they're coming home at the end of the day. It's things like that.
0: Yeah, I can recognise some of that, that need for sort of extra certainty and just extra layers of predictability or, like you say, visual signs that, you know, of what's going to happen and if anything's changed and so on. Mm. Is it as you expected it would be, parenthood?
1: it's better actually I think it's it's everything can beyond what, what I expected it to be it's it's very tiring but it's so rewarding and it's just so much fun and the love that you feel and the, the you can't describe the feeling that you feel you know when they are wanting cuddles and, it, and it's naturally happening and it's I think it's wonderful we were so ready for it I we you know really really wanted it and when it happened it was it was hard that the initial journey but now it's just it's just absolutely great yeah
2: we 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 love our life together and you know the, the chaos that it brings that that the love and the fun and the um the greatness about it is is equal so it's it you know it's 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 been a great experience and we, and we love being a you know adoptive family and just connecting as
1: as a family and being that little unit having like a family discos with a disco light. And uh, when Charlotte came home today, I was already at home. The, one of the little ones was just so happy and we had like a little hug on the sofa. So it's just such a lovely, warm, great feeling.
0: Yeah, it sounds like you've really both taken to it like ducks to water, really. You know, after an initial bumpy bit, it does sound like you've landed in a really happy place where it's just... Family life with an extra layer of care on top, I guess. And on you go. (laughs) So if uh, people were asking you for your advice about um, adopting, what would your advice be?
2: I think be open-minded. I think that, you you know, you you might have a set idea about children in your head, but you have to go in with an open mind. And um, the more open-minded you are about things, the better the experience, I would say. I'd say also
1: be, be realistic about your limitations as well. So, you know, what can you manage? What what what's your support network look like? What what's feasible? What's feasible for you to manage? I'd say do do your research, do your background reading, make um make try and make networks of people, join groups, and just just basically relax, try to relax in the process. It is a very it can be quite an anxiety provoking process when you're going through the initial stages, wondering, gosh, are we going to get on to stage two? But relax, be transparent, ask questions and and also try to enjoy it and and learn from it as well.
0: I think that's absolutely fantastic advice. And like you say, I guess relax is really good advice. I definitely couldn't have taken it, but it's really good advice.
1: Absolutely. (laughs) I mean, I, we had such an excellent social worker, I think that I began during stage two to relax, um, because I felt like, you know, she really had our best interests at heart. And she, she was really an advocate for us. So I I really actually started to enjoy it. And that allowed me to, to really learn from her. So I'd say do your best to relax, it is stressful, it's stressful for everybody. And when you go to panel, that's also stressful but you know if, if if they find the the right match and you go to panel and you get through panel that's again it's such a great feeling
0: that's lovely thank you so much to both of you for joining me
2: you're welcome thank you for having us
0: i'd like to thank my guests today kate and charlotte if you enjoyed listening to this podcast please leave us a five-star review and share it with your friends follow us on twitter at lgbt adopt foster And on Facebook, search New Family Social or one word. Visit our website at newfamiliesocial.org.uk. Adoption, Fostering and Tea is produced by New Family Social. The presenter was me, Tor Doherty, with music from Matt Doherty. The producer was John Jenkins. We'll be back next time with more guests and more tea.